Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. We have such a good show today. President Barack Obama and Bibi Netanyahu did not get along very well. In public, they seemed to get along fine, but in reality, they did not see eye to eye. The relationship was peppered by diplomatic slights. There was one time when Netanyahu arrived at the White House. He wasn't even allowed in the front door. He had to arrive through the side door. So when Obama began negotiating the Iranian nuclear deal, Netanyahu began to look at the 44th president, the American president, as a threat. As a threat to his own political longevity. And then, as 2016 neared, Netanyahu did something really strange. He got his, a longtime advisor, a guy named by George Nader. You know him because he's been referred to in the media as someone who works for MBS, which is the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia and the Crown Prince of the UAE, MBZ. But as it turns out, he also has a very long-term relationship with Netanyahu. So Netanyahu sends Nader in 2015 to a meeting on the Red Sea, where he's convened all these leaders of these Gulf states. And what they basically came up with was a way to realign the entire balance of power of the world. Qatar was going to be isolated and Iran was going to be the new target. The goal was to make Iran the Mideast pariah and to bring Israel back into the fold. It was a brand new alliance. The only problem, they needed an American president that would go along with it. And because they didn't see one coming democratically, it appears they may have decided to do something on their own. This new alliance seems to have done what no one else could have imagined. Saudi Arabia uh, provided the money, the UAE provided the intelligence, and Russia provided the cover for an incredible event, an attack on our democracy to install Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America. And that is what tonight's show is all about. It's all about Jared Kushner, and we're exploring how his role in the White House has helped make all of this happen. tonight, as I was last week, by Eric Garland, futurist, author, brilliant man, all about town. Uh, you, you did a terrific job last week. People love you. Fun to be here, and uh, what a story. So it is, it let's is go further. Story. And also really happy to bring back Lincoln's Bible to the show. Uh, she is the mob authority of all things on Twitter, uh, or at least the mob authority on Twitter. Hi, Lincoln's Bible. How are you doing, LB? Hey, I'm doing okay. So we've got happy an interesting to topic. That interesting topic tonight that touches on both your specialties. I'm going to ask you guys who you think Jared Kushner really is. Oh, <laughs> tough one. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> uh, you go first, Eric. <laughs> no, A kid from Jersey topic. over his head. There's some situations you get into uh, that uh, once you're in them, perhaps you realize that the skill set that got you there is not going to serve you very well. And if there's ever a cautionary tale in, in history, uh, it's probably Jared Kushner's. You know, LB, your picture up here doesn't look very much like I would expect you to look like. Oh, 
Can you explain who this who well, this character is here? <laughs> yeah, that's Meyer Lansky. Who is Meyer Lansky? Meyer Lansky, Meyer Lansky is the den mother of organized crime. It uh, came out of his womb in terms of being organized and everything that we look at today as a framework, as a business network of financial accounts <laughs> as uh, directly connected to mass crime, transferring it themselves from one bank account to the next with a cut going here and a cut going there. That was all created by and he was uh, Israeli, Jewish, or what's, what's his background? He was Russian. Uh, he was born in Russia um, and, and an American. And, he, and his family emigrated from part of what is now Poland, escaping the you know pogroms and all that, and came and landed in the ghettos in New York City, uh, neighbored to Lucky Luciano. And those two young men uh, met each other at a very funny situation, frankly. Uh, encounter they had with Ben Siegel, who was one of Meyer's friends uh, from the neighborhood, was uh, caught by Luciano stripping his wife. And hmm. so he was getting ready to beat the crap out of Ben, and Meyer shows up with a wrench because uh, he was always working on machines, always working on tools. Because he was the one with the weapon, when the cops showed up, he's the one that got arrested. <laughs> and Luciano, rather than being upset, was impressed. <laughs> by this kid, and who was all, and he was also a kid, and this is actually how Bugsy Siegel got the name Bugsy Ben Siegel. Oh, interesting. So he and, yeah, he and Meyer were in front of a judge. The judge said, "You two boys got bugs in your pants," and that was just the judge's way of saying they're always getting in trouble. Mm. And so they were known as the two bugs, but the name just couldn't stick to Meyer. He's just too serious, too intimidating, too intellectual. Um, but it stuck like glue to, to Ben, and he became Bugsy Siegel. Now, how does um, Meyer Lansky tie into what has become a the Trump-Russia scandal, or maybe even larger, this multinational conspiracy um, that attacked sort of the American democracy? How does Meyer Lansky fit into all of that? With Luciano, created a, a framework out of bootlegging. These bootleggers uh, became real gangsters, real criminals. Um, and there was an intellectuality to it. There was a business model to it. There was a brain inside of all of that saying, this is how we have to structure ourselves. This is where we need to have our headquarters. This is how we'll set up our money. This is how we do shares. This is how we handle distribution. These will be our partners. And that brain was Meyer Lansky. Um, and Luciano was his partner with connections and muscle. What you can do if you just start tracking the evolution of all of the partnerships and all of the businesses and business models that Meyer set up, casinos being a really big one, right? And, mm -hmm. and casinos as laundering vehicles being a really big one. Um, offshore bank accounts, that's Meyer Lansky, right? That was a reaction to Al Capone, who was Luciano's cousin, getting popped for tax evasion. That fucked with the heads of these guys, right? Because they thought, hey, we can just keep, no one's going to come at us for murder because they were, or extortion or any of these other things because they had terrified people. Right. No one's going to flip on them. The, the FBI didn't have the kind of, weren't quite the FBI yet either. <laughs> they didn't have the kind of collection, the kind of spying tools that, that we've got today. So a lot of this, these guys were getting away with a lot of stuff. Um, and then, boom, you know, brilliance comes in on the law enforcement side and says, well, we don't really care what we get these guys for. Let's just get them and throw them in jail. Right. As they, they went for the money. 
they went for the tax evasion. It's like, you got to pay taxes, guys. Um, <laughs> but so, what you're saying is that there's an undercurrent here of um, the Russian mob, which is largely a, a Jewish mob. Uh, would that be accurate? Would that be accurate to say that? It, I think yes. Uh, it's difficult. Yes, you can you can sort of globally say that just by the numbers. Uh, you had this treaty uh, amendment that was helping people escape and flee from Soviet Union that were under um, persecution. So that and these Jews so, too, were coming out of Russia because they were being persecuted. Coming the day, out of Russia, they were, they were having a very difficult just time. Just like right, just like. Meyer's family was, right? So we have this thing that got worked out with Mogilevich, thanks to Maxwell of, you know, we can, you can bring your guys through Israel, they get a visa there, and the United States will take them. Well, so in the mix of, you know, Jews who needed a, a better life and, and uh, have have always been coming to our country to make our country better, um, and 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 be fabulous American citizens. Along, you know, it's not there's not a Donald Trump's whole thing about you've got this other, you know, all that junk that he pushes in. No, the you know, that's not what the American Jewry is. But regardless, coming through Israel, right, with the visas. A lot of gangsters were able to come out of Russia and establish themselves, and they many, many, many landed in the Brighton Beach area. You know, they, it's the same kind of flow that emigration always takes from one country to the next. If you kind of go where you have family, you go where you know, depending on where you're from, you go where you have connections. Where can I get a, a you know shelter and some food and get going? Um, the life of every immigrant. Uh, you had a lot of people who weren't Jews coming in, but claiming that because it could get them a visa, it could get them here. And no one was going to question, uh, or maybe there was questioning, I can't speak for that, but I just know that it was a system that got, it did get abused in some way. So that's why when you say, isn't the, aren't, isn't the Russian mafia Jewish, I just roil at that a little bit. Yeah, it's not a completely accurate so statement, in fact, it's, yeah, yeah, but, it's, but there's a large, there's a lot of Jews yeah. in the Russian mafia because they were part of that uh, movement of, of immigrants. Sure who were escaping a persecution in Russia and, and arrived in, in the United States looking sure. for and and life. And, right, and came here and, and uh, took, it, took their extortion rackets to the Russian Jewish communities. Your, your religion is the money when you're a mobster. Right. Your, your affiliation is the money. Your, your, what you're going for is the crime and the rackets. So, um, I don't, I don't embrace this. And these guys, and I've, I've studied these men, mostly men and some women for a long time. And I just don't see, um, I see religion, I see how they use religion, but it just, it, it, it roils me a little bit to think of, of these folk as spiritual people. Um, it's no more about Judaism yeah. than La Cosa Nostra is about Catholicism right. and belief right. in the apostles and Jesus. Right. That's a good uh, analogy. Yeah. Now, in, in Brighton Beach, there was a lot of uh, buildings being uh, built by one Fred Trump uh, when all of this That's was going right. on. This is Donald Trump's That's father, right. of course. <laughs> and uh, Fred Trump was a bit of a was a bit of a mobster in in some ways because he was, you know, basically laundering money for a lot of these uh, organized crime operations. And he had an occasional guest. But we we'll have to do the whole Fred Trump story 
in full another time. But he had an occasional guest in his uh, in his home over there, one Bibi Netanyahu, who was you know first supposedly a a intelligence asset for hmm. for Israel, and then also later became the United Nations ambassador uh, to for Israel, and then you know as he is now today and for the last twenty years, he's been the Prime Minister of Israel. He's now indicted for. Um, you know, various amounts of corruption, but there's current case going on right now, uh, which involves corruption. And he's also next week going to do this impossible thing, or sorry, next month, this, this thing that has seemed impossible, which is to annex parts of the of the West Bank, uh, which certainly would not have occurred without Trump presidency, which is an important thing to keep in mind as we lay out the stakes here. So tell us how uh, Bibi Netanyahu would have come in contact with someone like uh, Fred Trump, if you know. Well, I, I don't know that specific uh, the details of that specific story. Um, but what I can say is that the way also to look at some of these sort of larger and more connected uh, Russian mobsters, folks that were lieutenants, folks that were bosses and of themselves, um, and some of them very clearly mapped out uh, as being Russian intelligence. So they, they come in and they partner with the crime family that Fred Trump, mm. right, on these guys, and the crime family that Fred Trump was uh, the businessman front for, the same crime family that Roy Cohn was the lawyer for, mm. the same crime family that Meyer Lansky and Lucky, Lucky Luciano set up as early as the, you know, before we get into 1920 even. Um, they came in and they partnered with Cosa Nostra and most specifically with the Genovese crime family. Now, Bibi Netanyahu is also sort of Jared Kushner's really good friend. He's been a family friend for a very long time. Uh, Jared has been a, uh, a staunch Zionist all his life. And so when Bibi Netanyahu used to come to town to visit the Kushners, Bibi would sleep over. He'd sleep in Jared's bed. Jared, Jared would sleep downstairs in the basement. And, and you know that's how close he was to this family and how close Jared Kushner is to this very day to Bibi Netanyahu. Bibi uh, gets a lot of money for his political campaigns from the Kushners, and they have funded a lot of settlements in these parts of the West Bank that have been in dispute for so long. Now, it's very unusual, not impossible, but it's very unusual to find someone who's so close to a foreign leader in the White House in the position that Jared Kushner finds himself in for Donald Trump. Eric, can you just talk a little bit about how that might be challenging for, for someone? Really. Well, uh, you know, we can get in just a second. We'll talk about the uh, the notion of having a security clearance at a high level in the White House, given any of that background that just put a pin there. But just looking at Bibi Netanyahu's background from what you just described, that sounds like a station chief for an intelligence service, somebody who, through what we call official cover, um, yeah, as opposed to non-official cover. So, if you have a diplomatic reason to be in a country, and also, and you are conducting intelligence operations in that country, it's that's your official cover. Um, usually, it's to my knowledge, it's not the uh, the ambassador. Uh, themselves. It's more often an attache, uh, say science and technology attache, economics attache, who has a reason to go around to meet all sorts of people, and thus it's not suspicious when they also meet people who are actually other intelligence officers from their country or other countries, and that is how they conduct 
uh, human intelligence on the ground in nations all over the world. This is really very, very standard. When you add all of these things up, you look at Israel's role in the attack on United States democracy in 2016 and beyond, and clearly before, um, and the the relationships that were forged decades ago, and that you know Bibi was man about town on the East Coast of the United States, meeting all these important people, including folks that would be very useful to you if you were in, uh, if you needed help from organized crime or you needed high level diplomats. Well, there's one type of person that really needs to know all those kinds of people, and they are spies. They are intelligence officers. They want to know how all the wiring works everywhere, and if we need to get something done, something shipped somewhere, somebody uh, kidnapped or exfiltrated or whatever, you know, creepy spy stuff. It's spies that do that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, so you've got official cover and non-official cover. Non-official cover is, well, you know, really I'm a college professor or I'm a marketing executive with this um, yogurt company that works here, but you're actually the station chief for spies in that area. Um, that's being a knock or a non-official cover. Anyhow, it sounds like it sounds like Bibi was official cover intelligence officer here in the United States, where he met all sorts of people, including um, those in organized crime. And if you're going to be looking at the time frame and talking about what Lincoln's Bible is describing here, lay those two things on top of each other. If you're going to be meeting people of uh, of influence and also those who will have a tie to Israel uh, and or you know uh, the the Jewish diaspora in general. Um, then you're going to be meeting the Jewish community uh, that's influential in the New York City area. Uh, some of them are going to be straight from Russia's underworld, and some of them are going to be satellites of that. And some of them are going to be just successful business people, and others are, you know, none of the above. Um, but you're going to have, therefore, a very heavy overlap between, in addition to Russian intelligence kicking around and, you know, U.S. counterintelligence, you're going to have... Israeli intelligence overlapped on that, and uh, what an interesting little dinner party that has been for the last it, few decades. It would be really interesting. You know, there is actually an anecdote, and I can't remember who it was, but Bibi was involved in at least one intelligence operation that I read about a while ago, where he was uh, smuggling nuclear or parts for a nuclear weapon of some sort, like mechanical parts, out of uh, California. I think it's in the Maxwell book, the Robert Maxwell book about. That sounds like intelligence, yeah. just yeah. FYI. That does yeah. <laughs> sound like spy stuff. So, I mean, we're not surprised. This is not necessarily surprising that someone like Bibi or any prime minister of, of Israel would be involved in intelligence work considering their history. But it is surprising to sort of have, you know, a good friend of his, Jared Kushner, in the White House in the senior advisory role. And then that uh, yes. security clearance issues, obviously. So let's go to one of my favorite uh, bugaboos about this. Mr. Jared, I have permanent security clearance. First of all, first issue, somebody with Jared's background would not be allowed to serve hot dogs in the CIA cafeteria for seven femtoseconds. <laughs> it would not be allowed. Uh, his He left his SF-86, that's standard form 86, where, where you want a clearance, you have to disclose everybody you know from foreign countries, if you have any foreign money, actually all of your money, your situation, that has to be disclosed to the government so that you can't be compromised, blackmailed, bought off, whatever. Um, you're not secretly, for example, uh, an agent of another foreign intelligence 
uh, service. Uh, all of that needs to be, uh, you know, described in incredible detail. And he like left he left the foreign part blank, that, which is a felony, you know, out of the gate. So this this dude was was prison bait from day one. And the notion that they tried to jam him into the White House was sort of yet one more sign of this group of mob propagandists accidentally won with active measures that were a little too effective uh, being deployed by all these oh, different... Nothing Sorry, this start saying on its own, but he's at Jared in his own words. Look, I would not have come into government had there been anything salacious or nefarious that I was worried about. At this point, I've been fully vetted, and I think people see this way. I do think this is a terrible thing, because you want people who have been successful in this country, who have taken advantage of the greatness of the opportunity that America provides, to go into government. Oh, my God, he's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> hard for me. So, so yes, hard. he's been <laughs> Clearly, Jared believes that he's untouchable, as dumb as he is, um, as privileged as he is as close to the president as he is. Um, you know, there could be another reason why he feels like no one's going to come after him. Mm. No one can touch him. Which would be... And which would be very similar to what Alex Acosta said about Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. I was told he was intelligence and that I couldn't touch him. And so I think it's worth it to, to just, you know, uh, you know, not fall into the side of everybody's facade, because I don't know, what are there seven guys left in this? Like, it's like there's, Israel also has other, <laughs> other kinds of divisions to their intelligence. And, um, but I do, I, I do think it's worth it. If you just start, it's that thing that we've talked about before, Zav, of it's the wily e. coyote um, hole in the wall, mm. right? In, in his silhouette. Now, mm. I wasn't there to see wily e. coyote run through the wall, but if I show up in the room and there is wily e. coyote's cartoonish silhouette perfectly outlined in the hole in the wall because I'm collecting all these data points, right? And, and drawing it together and then, oh, looky there. Somebody feels very safe and secure doing things like taking a couple hundred million dollars from Lev Leviev and investing it in, in buy, purchasing floors of the New York Times building and then going to Deutsche Bank and having Deutsche Bank refinance that for me and maybe just not mentioning this on my security form. Um, and all that, and that money also happens to be, whoops, nobody talk about this, uh, part of that Prevazin scandal that Preeper Hara was, <laughs> you know, is money that looks like it very well may have come out of the looting that uh, Vladimir Putin has been doing of the Russian people uh, for God knows how long. Um, and a lot of people uh, developed a lot of sudden window death syndromes uh, uh, and executions uh, for trying to look into this or trying to sort of unpack it. So what's this guy doing? Like, why? What's he up to? Why does so he what? need to be in there? What the hell? Why, why is he risking everything and feeling as free and breezy about all that 
in the same manner that he was showing up, I think it was today, without a mask, with his wife's mask, his kids. Are, like, this guy truly believes he's untouchable. And I don't think it's just because he was sort of the anointed son of Charles Kushner. I mean, who cares? I mean, let's cut it down for the viewer right now. What is that thing that allows Donald Trump to say, I could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and I'd get away with it. And then he acts like it. What is it that gives Jared Kushner the confidence to do something that would uh, end you in immediate prosecution? Mm -hmm. It's that they know something that people on the U.S. intelligence community side do not want out there for reasons that if it were to make it out, it would complicate matters immensely. And I believe that that secret is that our relationship with Israel is much more complex than has ever been detailed and that those mobsters, Trump and Kushner, know all about it. They know Bibi Netanyahu, they know the game, and they know that We've been, you know, throughout the 20th century in this position with lots of heavily armed powers, and there have been atrocities of many decades ago that have continued all over the world, and we've been in a precarious position with uh, potential slaughter of the entire species. Um, and we, we like to think of ourselves as beyond that, though the coronavirus issue, I think, is uh, starting to let us know, oh, maybe we didn't skip history. Uh, no, maybe that's not done. Um, but if you knew that the relationship between the United States and Russia and Israel was really complex and that that's been the, the nexus of struggle and that their intelligence service, which is in, within the community, is very well known for not acting like the others. Mm -hmm. they, are, they tend to be a lot more ruthless. I was told uh, from colleagues even more so than Russia, that mm -hmm. the Russian intelligence and U.S. intelligence, we have a lot of uh, respect for one another. And even, even though we're very different people, a similar outlook, whereas Israel, because it is born of of, of turmoil and in such a geographically important and impossible uh, and special position that you've got to play a lot harder, go hard in the paint, as they'd say in basketball, and that that's what their intelligence services do. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download.